Hello, my name is Paula Rhodes, and I play Evelyn and Angie in Resident Evil 7 and 8, and you are listening to the Rude Horror Podcast. episode uh i'll be talking to actress director writer voice actress paula rhodes and uh as i will mention in the intro um she'll be talking about her full-length feature uh directorial debut film delicate state and as well as the horror genre and the work that she's done within the horror genre um as far as Delicate State is, uh, it, it's available now for rent or purchase on video on demand on platforms such as YouTube, Voodoo, Apple TV, and Amazon Prime Video. Um, and then also, uh, we'll be talking about a film that she acted in called Staunton Hill. Uh, and I do want to mention that there will be spoilers about that one, so if you're not someone who's into spoilers, check out Staunton Hill I believe that it's on Tubi TV so if you want to check out Staunton Hill before listening to the interview uh, I encourage you to do so but yeah I thought this was a really cool opportunity to uh, be able to talk to Paula about uh, the films that uh, she's worked on and you know the video games that she's worked on I, I don't yeah. there's no words to to match like I mean just, just incredible just being able to talk to her about not just one but two of my favorite uh, survival horror video game franchises so this is really cool and uh, if Paul is listening thank you so much for taking your time to come on the show this was a blast so uh, I hope you all enjoyed the interview that I had with Paula Rhodes Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Rude Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Rude. And today I have a guest who is a voice actress and an uh, actress, director, and writer as well. 
and uh, she'll be here to talk about her newest film, Delicate State. And then also we'll dive into uh, some of her voice work for horror video games that you might know that are like Resident Evil Village <laughs> and Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, which I said that backwards. It should be <laughs> Resident <laughs> Evil 7 Biohazard and Resident Evil Village. And uh, as well as doing mocap work for uh, The Evil Within 2. And she also uh, stars in Staunton Hill, directed by Cameron Romero. Uh, Paula Rhodes, uh, welcome Hello. to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very excited to have you on here to, to talk about you know, the films that you work, you've worked in and also the video games that you've worked on. Yeah, I, was, I really was looking it over and I was like, I guess I should have a death reel at this point. <laughs> yeah oh well yeah we'll get into staunton hill here in a bit but uh i i kind of wanted to talk about your newest film uh and this is is this like your directorial debut or this is for a feature film anyway i directed uh smaller projects but this is the first time i've done a full-length movie and it has been a ride and while it's not horror it definitely is thrilling and suspenseful and tension filled it's a scare of another sort because it's uh, eerily close to reality. <laughs> mm -hmm. Not that I necessarily planned that. Um, we actually started filming back in 2015 when I when we first got pregnant with our with our oldest son uh, as a way to kind of keep m my creative sanity as well as um, kind of I don't know do what do what creators do, which is where we make art to kind of change hearts to change minds and. I was looking around and noticed that people were really throwing around the term civil war really flippantly and kind of threateningly without any really um, grasp on what that would mean for average citizens, even people who just weren't really paying attention much. And so I, I humanized that experience um, by doing a docufiction around my own pregnancy where where the, the country falls into civil war during it. and. It was wild how things that I had just brainstormed and put on like uh, post-it notes, <laughs> since we didn't have a script, we had an outline on post-it notes, kept coming true over the years. And uh, I was like, oh, this will be a great VFX shot. And then then it would happen. So we, we joked we should have just written down that we won the lottery or something on there. <laughs> hopefully it remains a cautionary tale still. But we won the Audience Choice Award at Dances with Films uh, at the Chinese Theaters. And... Had have done a couple other amazing festival runs, and now it's available globally on demand everywhere, including iTunes and Amazon. And I would love for people to check it out and for it to remain a cautionary tale. Right? Yeah, make it a, a <laughs> yeah, remain a cautionary tale for sure. Um, it, you know, this the whole idea is is rather incredible, and and also, um, you know, filming during you know your real life pregnancy in a way. Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever really seen that done before. This is maybe like a first. It's, I'm sure there's been films that have shot while someone is pregnant, but this was over the entire course of our pregnancy, mm -hmm. as well as uh, a few pickup shots from our surprise second pregnancy, truth be told. Oh. Uh, but yeah, it was it was just us with uh, my husband, Charlie Bowden, and I playing the leads and the entire production crew during filming. And then we brought on some amazing post-production crew after we were done our editor and our like vfx and our color and um composer and things were just elevated it it made it so wonderful but incredible 
Yeah, it was a a beast of a way to make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did you film like uh, a lot of it or some of it during uh, like quarantine? No, this was uh, like I said, um, we had our first son in 2015, so most of it was shot then. And then uh, a little bit in 2017 with our second pregnancy and a few pickup shots after as things would continue to progress and we'd be editing it or going through post, uh, including like the very last shot we shot was when everything closed down and the shelves were empty. We ran out and got that shot. Um, I do have to admit we definitely chased the National Guard a bit as they were in town in 2020 <laughs> and tried to get shots of tanks, but um, did not. Oh. But, yeah, we went all over the country filming protests and political conventions and just um, everything that happened since then, which is wild. But it was uh, – I, I don't know that I'd recommend making a film with just two people. It's a lot of hats to wear. But I do <laughs> hope that the fact that we were able to do it inspires some people to try for their impossible dreams too because we did it. We made it, and it's out there now, and – uh, there's something in that that I really hope inspires others, too. For sure, for sure. Yeah, everyone needs to check out Delicate State, uh, <laughs> streaming uh, like on Amazon Prime, and uh, is it like on Vudu or where, where it's else? It's on everywhere. So like Hoopla, um, all the cable, 100% of the cable market in, LA, or in uh, the United States anyway. I know it's in like 13 other countries. Um, and you can, so it's right now it's on, on demand where you, you rent or purchase the film and then down the road, it will go to just the streaming. Um, like if you have a subscription oh, okay, and whatnot, but sure. yeah, it's in its first push right now. And yeah, it's been a heck of a ride, but For man, sure. real life is scary because it turns out humans are actually the scariest monsters there are. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. If, if history's told us anything, that's for sure. Indeed. But yeah, I actually, I met my husband on uh, Staunton Hill. We were both in that movie. So I, I definitely owe a lot to the um, this particular genre that, you know, touches a very primal part of all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like, you know, how how did uh, it come about for, for you to be a part of Staunton Hill? And, you know, were you familiar with uh, Cameron Romero being uh, the son of George Romero? I was not familiar until I went into audition for him. I believe I auditioned just like you would anything else. I had a, I don't remember if I uh, if I was submitted for that or if I knew somebody who suggested me and I got to go in for the first read. But I uh, pretty much the standard routes of you know getting your foot in the door for casting uh, when you're starting acting for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and did the first audition, the second audition, and ended up booking it. And I met. Charlie, as we were picking him up in the uh, transport van to go to the airport to fly out and do it in Pennsylvania. <laughs> so that was a pretty fun um, origin story, I guess, for us. <laughs> I didn't know too much about um, Cameron or his father. And they're admittedly estranged, or at least were at that time. Um, it's history until we were sort of on the plane and I finally got down to doing some research on the director. Before that, I'd really just been looking into my own role and making sure I had my bases covered. Mm -hmm. But it was kind of a scary morning when we got picked up to go. It was my first um, on-location shoot where I'd be away for the whole month filming. And I remember I was the first one to get picked up in the van and it's dark out and you're putting everything in there and you're kind of excited. And then you go to pick up the next actor and um, – 
I think it was Cooper. Um, this gentleman gets in who is, you know, granted a character anyway, has a great look for the horror genre, and he slams his luggage down, and it was super heavy. He was actually bringing all of his weights and his workout equipment <laughs> <laughs> for the month, and um, just started muttering under his breath and cursing, and... I started to wonder as we drove, and he was just kind of shooting looks at me. I think he was just in character, but because um, he actually was a wonderful person. But he it got me definitely kind of wondering if maybe I was getting myself into some sort of snuff film or something terrible <laughs> <laughs> at that point. Oh, no. And then, yeah, Charlie was late getting in there, so I ended up having to get his number from producers and call him. That was my first chat with him to let him know we'd been waiting downstairs. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um but yeah, it was a it was a really cool experience with like the the VFX team. Kevin Kirkpatrick um, has gone on to do so many amazing things. I mean, everything from like he did Sweet Tooth, he did Lone Ranger. He did, I, I, there's no way I can even touch his huge resume. But he's just such a fantastic and um, gifted human and artisan, and it's great to see his his star really fly. Right, right, and yeah, I mean, uh, you have a. Uh quite quite a gruesome uh ending in this film yeah i don't make uh, it to the sequel if there ever were one guys <laughs> spoilers but yeah, yes yeah I, I don't know it's it's hard to talk about this one with you on here uh without spoiling anything <laughs> right? um but i i have to say uh you know when, when you Overcome meet your might be a word i don't know <laughs> Ugh. Right, yeah. When when you meet your demise in this film, spoiler alerts. Um, yeah. You know, I guess I guess the word would say like you kind of have, uh, you know, what a way to go. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like you have right. a, a gruesome death in this film. <laughs> it was a uh, gosh. I mean, when you're the small blonde girl, if you're not the survival girl, you know you're you know you're getting it. Um, so yes, they were. They made sure that there was no ambiguity about me <laughs> surviving <laughs> at that point there was hammers involved and saws and pigs and oh my gosh all the things body parts being yeah. uh <laughs> disemboweled and oh man to be fair i do have very small feet <laughs> so what was it hard to cut through then um yeah that <laughs> there's a, i think we still have one of our silicone my silicone feet somewhere on a bookshelf oh from wow that particular film <laughs> Yeah. Kind, of, kind of like a. We made an like entire a, silicone. A bookend. A something. It's on top of somewhere, <laughs> along with other weird accoutrements we've acquired over the years from films. Nice, nice. Yeah, like you know, did did you have like any uh, any like memorable uh, moments on set working uh, on on that film? Like you know, I guess like you know, what was the process like with the it was special effects like and stuff? summer camp in that we were all you know holed up in this uh hotel kind of in the middle of nowhere in pennsylvania um in a lovely little town that we didn't have cars or anything so we could walk across the parking lot to the i think it was called a, a steak and lube which was like hamburgers and also gas station or oil change but also karaoke mm. <laughs> and we partook of that karaoke quite a bit um <laughs> and then there was like a, a craft store you could walk to like a mile down the road, down the highway, which I'm pretty sure I made some costumes while we were there for things. Um, <laughs> but the, the VFX were amazing. They did entire molds of like our head and a body and um, 
gosh. So uh, we had prosthetics on the face for part of it. Uh, and the speed with which they were able to work when we were actually filming to apply those and things was pretty impressive. Uh, like I said, Kevin is just a super pro. But, you know, right. the, the whole cast really bonded, and it was, it was a really fun experience to be out there and film that. For sure. Yeah, and, and you know, like you said earlier, that's where you met your your husband. So, I'm Indeed. sure that you know <laughs> that film probably holds a, a special place In for both ways, of you. In some ways, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you, even though it is kind of a uh, a grotesque horror film, uh, there's there's still some some rather uh, decent parts in the movie. I'm sure. <laughs> it was fun to work with all those people for sure. Nice, nice. So like, uh, like you know, if you can recall, like what what first got you into the horror genre, or like you know, are you a fan of the genre, like in general? I would say on the acting side, uh, I'm a fan of work, which is probably, I mean, most most of us actors aren't terribly picky. We'll just be like, great, who's hiring? Um, up until you know, there's something that maybe you're you're not comfortable doing, or you wouldn't want to be a part of a particular project, maybe. But but I think that I like. Uh, the way that horror can, just like fantasy, can it can explore bigger issues and questions within society through that sort of safety lens of a genre. So there's a little distance. So it almost makes us feel safer and lean in more to really look at something. Um, so I think that's kind of fascinating. Not all horror plays by those rules or leans into that, but I like it when it does. And I especially love my horror like I like my pizza. With a little bit of savory meat sweet. So I kind of like that, you know, um, Shaun of the Dead mix where you have a little comedy in there too. Or like <laughs> just a, a mix of genres really tickles my fancy. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah, Shaun, Shaun of the Dead's a great horror film. Um, oh, yeah. horror comedy. God, right? The, I, I was in a rom a mon, what was it? A Zom Rom Mom Com, <laughs> I guess they call it, which is called Love in the Time of Monsters, which is pretty awesome too. Nice. And that one was so fun to be a part of um, and film again up in like Northern California or something at a really cool old super haunted hotel in the middle of the woods and uh, involving like big feet made by toxic waste. It was just, oh my gosh, <laughs> all the funny things that happened on that film. Uh, so, yeah, that kind of stuff is just really. I I like it when it it embraces camp, but still plays itself, takes itself seriously. I guess Doug Jones is in that film too, and he's fantastic. It's oh, just wow. a human and a performer, but right. Uh, that, so yeah, when I when I'm an actor, especially in my beginning years, wasn't too picky. It was kind of like, great, where can I get my feet wet? Where can I dive into this storytelling? And then now, as I've as I've aged, and now I'm especially as I wear producer or director hats or I look at writing new stuff, I tend to like to see how I can elevate my work through a genre or like reach more eyeballs by leaning into it a little bit. So I, I tend to like to disguise maybe a lesson or a question I have about society with a horror film or, I don't know, explore ways that I can really get into the nitty-gritty of, of humanity that way. Right, right. Very cool. With some cool effects. I mean, let's be honest. I know oh, yeah. some really amazing uh, stunt and motion capture people now from all the Resident Evil stuff, so I'm, I'm like itching to make something where I can utilize that team. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and, and like so 
with uh, you know Resident Evil Seven and Resident Evil Eight Village, um, you know, I guess I guess I could probably start with like Resident Evil Seven, where you play you know a young Evelyn, um, which is you know an iconic character even for uh, a later part in this franchise, yes, which is delicious. <laughs> Which you know, I, I got to say, I've I've been a fan of the Resident Evil games ever since I could remember. Um, even though I, I I will admit, like when I first heard of Resident Evil, I was pretty young, and so the first one uh, was rather scary to me, and it still oh, yeah. is kind of scary. Um, and then Gosh, then the yeah, series you played in three uh, D, hi hi hi, right? Just the the awkward uh, angles or the the camera angles too. Oh, really they know what they're doing. Them. Yeah, just to toss off your uh, sense of balance in every sense. Mm-hmm. And and so like you know the series kind of uh, trails off to more of like an action game, but uh, once we got to Resident Evil Seven, it's almost like they really dove back to like uh, the roots of like what scares us. I thought. Like yes. they they really brought the the roots of horror back into this entry, and I was very pleased with uh, even the game style, having it first person, and just you know kind of changing how the game had prog- I don't know like progressed yeah, over the years. It took a new chapter for them. I mean, Capcom's smart, and the team is amazing, and it's it's been such a fun ride to see that. Um, as they embrace this new, not new, but back into this particular style and really see how the fans um, connect to it. And what I thought was really fascinating, although to some level it happened with Biohazard and the love of the horror genre really amping fans up, it it really happened with Village because I guess because the world was also, you know, we were all isolated right then when it's coming out. Mm-hmm. So we so were craving connection and family and friends and to have this uh, this group of villains really be be sort of a pseudo family it connected to fans in a way that I would not have predicted but I love I love all the fan fiction that's come out of it and the just the the sheer passion that they have around the characters is is oh, that's been probably my my biggest delight with all of it <laughs> right right in like uh I guess like f- for me like I I really liked how um for I guess for both Biohazard and Village, where they they really wanted you to get into um, the story of like the villains, so like you know like with the Baker family in Biohazard, where you know you, you think that they're almost like the main villains at first, because like oh my gosh this this family's just crazy off their rocker, like what is going on here, and then you know further in the game you realize that. No, Evelyn is actually the one that's behind everything, and there's this, it just adds so much depth into the game. Yeah, and it, I love that you play with that fact that that no no villain in real life, quote unquote villain, bad guy, whatever, is is a bad guy in their own mind, right? They're all doing what they think is right. They all would assume that they're on the side of good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. To see that sort of played out with um, characters, for the most part, like pursuing their own interests, but like because they think it's right, and because you know Evelyn just wants a family, and 
she's pursuing it through whatever means she can, but it's also very oddly relatable because <laughs> you're like, I, I get that. People want to belong. They want a tribe. And so it's, it, it's even more offsetting almost to have this villain that you sort of kind of can feel for, relate to, but also you hate because, oh my God, look what they've done. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it, 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 it puts us off kilter a little bit, but, and really, um, plays, messes with that lizard brain part of us. Yeah, like, yeah, she might be like one of the first Resident Evil uh, biohazard weapons where you kind of sympathize with. Like, you know, she she didn't, uh, I don't know how to word this, like she isn't like a mad scientist that did it to himself. Like she... No, that was Miranda. She did it to me. <laughs> yeah. Right, right? Like you're, you can't, we've all seen people who are so easily broken when their childhood is messed up. So to not have a family, to not have that, really, we get that that screws someone up. It just happens to be, in this case, someone with mass amounts of power. <laughs> right. So, yeah. In, in yeah. a way, she kind of uh, has like a Frankenstein's monster story. Like, someone else created her. Yeah. And, or made her that way. And then she's just trying to figure out how, you know, how to cope with what's going on and... and yeah, dealing with the hand she was dealt to try yeah. to get the outcome she wants. Which, granted, she didn't have a good example of how to maybe go about that. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's that weird dichotomy of being like, oh, I get why she's doing this, but stop! Like, <laughs> that, that really, I think, it really grasps onto that fear in all of us. Right, right. And I'm, I'm sure... You probably talk about you know Resident Evil Seven and, and Village all the time. Uh, so sorry if I'm telling you or <laughs> oh, asking you the it. same. Uh, the <laughs> whole community has been so uh, amazing. It really has been just to see everything from fan fictions and fan art and the supportive people as we kind of get back into going to conventions or doing stuff on Streamly or doing whatever. Like just being able to reach out and and see how these stories. These games have affected people and touched people and how they've built whole communities for themselves on Discord and otherwise uh, through them is, is fascinating. <laughs> it's really amazing. Right, yeah. Like, especially like the Resident Evil fan base. Like, uh, you know, the, I think Capcom really, uh, you know, just really have something here because they yeah. really put in effort and just, you know, a lot of... A lot of uh, depth to the story, and they love to expand the story through even like yeah. the page notes, telling us more background information, and you oh, know absolutely. helping trying to put the pieces together. Um, and it's funny because we we have to jump in trusting essentially when we start filming these characters because we get you know a, a, a decent breakdown of them and we get maybe a character drawing early or not and then we get um, direction from the producers and the director and stuff, but. Uh, for the most part, it doesn't always make sense to us because we never get a full script. So you get like little puzzle pieces that you're like, but wait, I'm his sister? That doesn't make, hold on, wait, what? Like you're trying to <laughs> figure out how the script works right. as you go, as you're kind of falling out of the sky, right? <laughs> Trusting that the parachute's being built. But when you finally see it come out and how it all fits together and how deep they've gone in developing and exploring each character's backstory and and you know motivations and things it's it's amazing it really is i really am just um in awe of the 
story and world building they put into it all. Yeah, that you know, to me, I think it's interesting that you know they only give you uh, you know scripts to read for your characters, and then yeah, you know scene. you really don't know what else is going on. And there were up until very recently, I, I guess Village is the first game that I've done that we knew going in what game it was. Prior to that, most of all the video game world, we never knew what game we were working on when we were working on it. If you even knew the genre, that was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, I remember doing Red Dead 2. I had no idea what game it was. I mean, I kind of guessed from who I knew was making it what it might be. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't until I got in there to record the session that I realized even the genre was set in the West. You know, <laughs> like you're like, I don't know. What is this <laughs> from the sides that you're given? So... A lot of times you're auditioning with dummy sides, which are going to be, you know, just totally made up lines to see how you perform. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's a definitely an exercise in trust, <laughs> but I'm right. happy to trust that particular team. For sure, for sure. And so, you know, in addition to like voice acting, uh, you also do like the mocap work. Um, when or uh, when did you? Uh, start doing like the mocap work uh, did you do any in in biohazard or was yeah. your first in village uh, my f- my first i think was right before biohazard i had done some um or was it right after time is a little bit blurry right then i think it, it might have been right before that i was doing some motion capture for uh barbie vlog stuff as skipper and stacy um oh. and there's definitely some very funny pictures of that because i was super pregnant um, as was the, my dear friend who was playing Barbie. So you have like Barbie and one of her sisters very knocked up in these spandex suits playing, you know, classic dolls <laughs> because you can just take the belly out in motion capture. It's magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but from that and working with some of the same producing team, um, my name was put forward to audition for Biohazard for Evelyn. And at, Evelyn didn't come into the process until about a year or nine months or so after they'd already been filming the rest of the game. So like mm-hmm. uh, Kitty O'Hagan, who plays Mia and others, they, and Todd, um, they've been, and who plays Ethan, they'd been recording for quite some time. So I was coming in late to the party, but it was my first day um, on set with them at a table read where I was super thrilled. Um, Greta, uh, for those of you who can't see at home, um, because we don't have video for this, I am all of five feet tall. So I am pretty much 12-year-old sized, which is my special skill, I guess, when <laughs> needing to play small characters or children. Uh, so I was in there to, you know, to meet this team and to jump into a game that I had no idea what it was about other than it was a horror. And uh, one of the writers dropped or let slip accidentally the, the word umbrella Corp, I think during the table read, and we all had this moment of looking around at each other because they they'd been recording for nine months and didn't know, and kind of everything fell into place. And we did a lot of whispering as we went out for snacks right after that table read session. We're like, wait, is this Resident Evil? Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> some jaws so, were dropped, <laughs> right? Some jo- we're like, well, shit. All right. Um, so <laughs> it was uh, before that. You usually found out like as the game was coming out, you'd get a call from your agent like, oh, congrats, your game's out, and you're like, great. What game was it? <laughs> um, which happened to me for like Grand Theft Auto Five. I was like, "Oh, cool!" Um, yeah, <laughs> it Very was always cool. a little bit of a surprise. <laughs> but for for Village, we knew going in because contracts had changed, and also 
Um, a lot of the team crossed over, like we were brought back, uh, which is awesome, but also because they knew they could trust us to keep a secret for the year plus that you need to while filming these things. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's hard to do. You want to scream it from the mountaintops, and yet you can't. You just can't. Right. So, yeah. um, I think when they find people that can perform as well as um, keep that under their hats, it's a, they like to keep that, those cards in their deck. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, you know, so like, you know, you're doing mocap work for Biohazard and Village. Uh, mm -hmm. You also did some for Evil Within too. I'd like to maybe talk about Evil Within because yeah. I'm a fan of uh, that series as well. Cool. That's a different type of performing for sure. So I did motion capture and performance capture voice for uh, Evelyn for Resident Evil and for Angie in Village. Um, but I did, and a couple other side characters, but for, for Evil Within, I got the call to do a rather unique form of performance capture where they already have the voiceover recorded and they already have the motion capture, the body performance recorded and animated too. But what they didn't capture at the time, which nowadays they pretty much get at the same time, uh, they didn't capture the facial expressions of the actors while they were either saying the lines or while they were performing the body capture. So they needed me to come in and lip sync exactly, which that's the hard part, <laughs> to the existing lines and move your body the way that the other act, the third actor had moved their body, but add like very animated facial expressions to, to animate that stuff too for Mia. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a, a learning curve as well, but super fun to do. And when I found out I could actually do it pretty well, um, I've definitely done it a few other times for games and shows as we go, but it's a, <laughs> a fun new skill set. Very cool. Yeah. So like, uh, what was that like the only thing that you worked on in the game or did, did you yeah, do some so other I did things? all of that characters, uh, performance capture, like facial capture. So I would go through with the lines and, and we'd have to find the exact lip sync timing and perform the lines with the body that had been recorded so that they could capture my face on a helmet cam and lip movement and everything in my performance with how I'd move my face, everything from when she's, you know, a wife and all these things are happening to her versus when she's a monster. <laughs> so hmm. it was a, a full range of performance for a couple of days. It was really fun. Awesome. And, and we're talking about uh, the character Myra Castellanos in uh, Evil Within 2, just for the listeners that may not know. Um, did, so did you do like the emotion uh, capture for like when she was like, quote unquote, on her evil side? Yes. And that was delicious and fun. <laughs> uh, tougher when she's a monster, but yes, yeah, super fun. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a fun game as well. And, you know, it, it, it ties in uh, with, like, the whole survival horror. Yeah, which, there's some crossover on the creator side, I believe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's similar to Resident Evil in a way. Just, you know, it, it is a survival horror game. And uh, I think that really helped, like, kind of gravitate me to those games just because, you know, I think Resident Evil was probably the first, my first intro into, like, survival horror games and then you know silent hill came along um and you know those are a lot of fun as well and then evil within was just kind of like a newer fresher entry to uh, a similar style and i really like those games a lot i wish they make made or i wish they would make some more 
Well, hey, I'll work on them if they want to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it's all been such a fun ride, and it, this I will say the the Resident Evil team, the cast, because we were experiencing kind of the 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 slightest light at the end of the tunnel initially when vaccines were first coming out um, last summer, right as the game was coming out, and we were able to get together and have a, a cast reunion party <laughs> sort of for the launch. Hmm. We really were able to to connect with each other and bond, which was wonderful and and not always something you get to do in games because sometimes you're just in a, a booth or a room by yourself and you know hearing the director and otherwise and you never really even get to meet or, or chat with much the other actors. So it, w- it was a real treat to be able to both work with in a couple scenes as well as uh, bond with afterwards that particular team. Yeah, that's very cool. I'm, I'm glad that you guys were able to, you know, actually have that that reunion in a way, and <laughs> and kind of like I mean, I'm sure you guys probably like talk to talk to each other like uh, via like remote or you know not really like actually meet them in person. So what was that like? Uh, meeting, I mean, we you know, got to. Um, at least the Four Lords scene in Resident Evil Village was one of the bigger motion capture scenes, like with the most actors, anyway, that I've gotten to do, which was which was super, super fun. <laughs> because a lot of times you're working with just one other actor, which, A, makes it very doable when even during lockdowns and things, because you can be super far away from the other actor and they'll move you closer in post. Um, but it does make it more of a lonely collaboration than um, than, like, on camera acting where you tend to bond or at least get to know your castmates pretty well. Uh, so so that w- it was a real, both a treat and um, a joy to find out how much we adore each other <laughs> as a cast. Right. Yeah, I, I guess I did kind of forget that uh, there were some clips on YouTube of, uh, I think, some of the scenes doing mocap where uh, y'all are interacting. Almost like, like, it's almost like you guys are orchestrating the scenes and and you know like you're pretty much oh yeah you have to block out the entire thing it is it is like doing a movie scene only it's a little trickier as i learned shadow directing (laughs) with the amazing america young on some um in that you can't uh you can't cut back and forth between different takes like you can with a like on camera film or tv so you have to get an entire take that you like Mm-hmm. And then you can cut from all the various real as well as virtual cameras, which is a really crazy cool thing that's just mind-blowing about filming motion capture. Um, but it all has to be from the same take <laughs> to match up all the metadata and all the different you know points that people are standing in because all those dots are not going to line up between um, one take and another. So it's, you have to get one that both times out right for the game itself and the play, if there's uh, perhaps a deadline, and you have to get the performances in and the lines right and the movement right and the stunts right if there's stunts in there, as well as the, um, yeah, that particular, like, just has to be everybody. And the more, so the more moving parts, the more opportunities for it to go wrong, mm. you know. So, so more actors. Oh, oh, here. Hello, Lincoln. Did you have a question? Uh, you can play it. Yeah, you can play a game. If I'm talking about games, I guess you can, you could do a special treat while I'm not here. Okay. <laughs> These are my co-stars, um, my children, making little parents, <laughs> who I am single momming for the uh, for the week still when my husband's in Atlanta filming. 
much as the life of a, a working actor family, I guess. For sure, for sure. I mean, I can always edit things too, you know, like like I mentioned before. So <laughs> <laughs> unless you want to keep it in, that's fine. Choices like, sure, play a video game. Will I talk about video games? <laughs> no, um, we have a, a limited supply, so I think he's on Simpsons game right now. It's fine. Oh, nice. <laughs> For like PlayStation or Xbox or oh man yeah the older versions but he's really into Minecraft, oh, cool. um, which is hilarious because he's like completely unimpressed by the fact that I'm in what games I'm in or even cartoons I've done he does not care he's like being, are you in Minecraft no are you in Among Us I'm not Ugh, okay like <laughs> I'm unimpressed cool. mom <laughs> totally. <laughs> For sure. Um, I, I guess, like, I know this isn't, like, horror-related, but uh, I'm, I'm a, a fan of Apex Legends. I play that game a lot. And uh, finding out that you do, like, mocap for a young Valkyrie in uh, the movie, I thought that was really cool. That was such a fun one to do, too. Yeah, it was a, a whole short film that we put out for, like, a Titanfall Apex um, it's, if you've seen it, it's amazing. Um, mm -hmm. So I did the, the the vocal and the motion capture for it, but then we had they replaced my voice with um, an Asian American actress, which is great because that's what the character is. But um, but it was yeah, it was so fun to do. And that one I got kind of a, the because it was such a short script, I got to actually have the whole script and know what was happening. So that was a real treat and another another hard secret to keep for a while until it came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh... And I, you know, I guess I'll say like her character in the game is, is a rather cool character to play because, you know, you get jetpacks, yeah. you can fly around. And, oh my gosh, some know. of the stuff do it. I mean, motion capture is such a unique way to perform because it is entirely being like a, a six-year-old, right? Like you just have to use your imagine to the, imagination to the nth degree because you're not getting the benefit of amazing costumes and props and um, all the other things that can really help drop you in to these worlds that we create for film and TV, it's, no, you're having to get that level of performance, but you're looking at yourself and your fellow actors with their spandex suits and their cameras in front of their faces, and you're pushing, you know, a PVC pipe door, or you're um, pretending to be in this amazing mech suit, but really it's a, a swivel chair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever's, whatever's happening to make the motion right, but still be able to get the emotion and the movement, right, is, uh, oh, it's fun. It's crazy, but it's fun. <laughs> right, yeah, that, that would be so much fun. And, like, I, you know, I guess, like, jumping back to, like, Resident Evil, uh, like, seeing, like, some of, like, their gun props, like, they look like Nerf guns. Oh, and... we definitely use Nerf guns. Totally. <laughs> um, yeah, Nerf guns we've used. Uh, some of the things that they did for Village were amazing. That You've probably seen the behind-the-scenes aspect of it, like making Maggie Robertson look, uh, you know, nine feet tall, whatever Lady Dimitrescu is, they would have her performing in these lovely heels with her hat and everything. And she's a statuesque, amazing woman anyway. But then to have a broom handle sort of thing with a big face painted on it on the end, <laughs> being held at the actual right height by a uh, PA behind her the whole time so we could make eye contact with where she actually would be. Uh, where the character would be is hilarious. And then huh. my character is shorter than I am. I'm five feet tall, but Angie's, you know, like two and a half or so. Mm -hmm. So to have, um, you know, eyes drawn on my stomach or wherever <laughs> so people can make eye contact there. I mean, there's all sorts of fun cheats that we find to make things work that you just have to yes and and run with and 
and seeing where the other performers come in and commit a thousand and ten percent is a uh, is really I find it always raises my bar to want to meet them where they are because they're so talented like oh my gosh just to see these people come on set and kill it every time is, is pretty magic right yeah it's incredible and you know like like you get to play two villains in a Resident Evil game which is I wouldn't say it's uh you know uh <laughs> um uncommon but i mean you know that that's pretty impressive as well just to have not one villain but two villains under your belt uh you know we, we talked about young evelyn and then with resident evil uh, village you play angie the doll uh wow like yes he does too right because he's lucas and he's moreau i'm trying to think if anybody else does a a couple of them maybe that's it i don't know yeah, no, well, no, Sarah. Sarah does Marguerite Baker in Seven, and then also, um, well, she kind of gets turned, Louisa in Village. But yes, well, a lot of us got to come back and play again together because we'd sort of proven our stuff, I guess, in the first one. <laughs> but, oh, it's fun. Collect right. the villains. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, maybe just like briefly uh, want to bring up Angie the doll because she is a uh, very yeah. unique character that... I don't even think we've really seen in any of the uh, other games of, you know, seeing like a, a creepy porcelain doll uh, basically come to life. It's amazing how many people are terrified of dolls, right? Right. That room full <laughs> of dolls is creepy too. It is. There is something inherently kind of um, scary about people-esque things, right? <laughs> like humanoid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that level, uh, even like I don't know, it takes a lot for me to get scared. But I I don't know, I kind of feel like uh, my my skin crawl a little bit walking through those levels, uh, trying to I fight Angie. <laughs> I love that they do that. They really leaned into the tension and the not just horror in your face, constant adrenaline that some some action, some horror survival stuff can be, but that um, that waited out, scare you by you know. I mean, a game right. of hide-and-seek, are you kidding? That's super tension. Yes. Um, yeah, and then tossing in the, the baby guard fetus, <laughs> affectionately named Baby Jimmy, Little Jimmy. Um, <laughs> yes, there's a whole new level. But Angie's fun. She's pure id. She's just, uh, you know, no... She's the part of Donna that has no... Um, uh, no boundaries, no... <laughs> um, way to stop herself from saying whatever just happens to be on her mind, right? So mm -hmm. the funny thing is that we noticed that both Angie and Evelyn sort of would complete each other in a weird way. And my two characters, if they'd run across each other maybe earlier on, we maybe wouldn't have gotten seven because Angie desperately needs a super loyal family member. And uh, Angie is that, or Evelyn needs that, and Angie is that for Donna. So um, once Donna's out of the picture, spoilers, um, I mean, maybe they could have been each other's lobsters, but yeah. Interesting. That <laughs> is very interesting to think about because, you know, they are very similar in a way that they need, you know, some, they're, they need they're that the attachment. They're opposite sides of a coin, really, of like how, of what they give and what they take hmm. in a relationship. Well, who knows? Maybe, maybe, uh, that could come into fruition on the next entry that they'll figure out like, Oh, let's do it. <laughs> And oh, if, if it does, it's definitely already been figured out, like, years before now, because I feel like they plot these things out, but <laughs> I, I'd be game. For sure. Yeah, I, you know, and, and kind of to talk about earlier, 
Yeah, and I guess this thing just it, it really molds together that uh, fantasy and horror uh, really complement each other, and you know you can do so much with fantasy elements and horror. And I think Resident Evil Village definitely captures that. They really kind of thought outside the box with this one, and I, I really liked their approach that, you know, it was almost like completely different, but yet still the same than it, that it's ever been, I, if I that, that makes sense. That. Absolutely. No, it's, uh, they are. They are just different um, techniques or, I guess, sauces <laughs> to add to our delicious uh, feast of, of storytelling. Right, so it's it's just a way to look at very human, sometimes mundane but universal issues, but through these lenses that that let us really invest and, and lean forward. Where maybe if we were just looking at the tabletop issue, it would be a little little more bland, a little boring. So or or make us a little uncomfortable, which sometimes people shy away from. But if it's you know just a fantasy or just horror, people lean in more, and sometimes you know get the takeaway a little more yeah yeah uh yeah these these uh these two newer entries um excuse me these two newer entries definitely uh are amazing to play and and you know the stories are so interesting i'm just anxious to see what's going to happen next you know are they still going to follow like this type of story or you know you know which I'm just interested to see which direction they're going to take. Oh, you and me both. I, I feel like they're, you know, not limiting themselves. They're kind of like, well, we can totally explore all of this avenue <laughs> with some of these, you know, remakes and otherwise, or Netflix shows, and then we can still also explore this new one that we've been going on with the uh, 7 and 8. So I don't know if they tie in eventually or if it's uh, just two slightly different paths in the same universe, but... Uh, but I'm I'm happy with it either way. For sure. Um, it, I guess one more Resident Evil question I wanted to ask. Uh, what you know, since there are multiple CGI movies, uh, mm-hmm. have you ever been contacted to do voiceovers for uh, the CGI movies or? I have not as of yet. But if they're listening, my number is no kidding. <laughs> um, I would be thrilled to obviously. Like um, there's there's still you know that that actor part of me that's like, yeah, what do we got? What are we making? Let's make a thing. Uh, but, but no, I, I haven't as of yet. A lot of times those are different teams making them than do the games for the most part. But mm-hmm. I do see that because of the great reaction they're getting, I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if they lean into sort of more coordination there down the road. So I'm all for it because our producer for the games is amazing and they should use her for all the things. Nice, nice. Um, there was, uh, I guess like one more like movie I wanted to bring up or maybe two movies. Uh, you worked on like a short, uh, film called Night Terror. Uh, is there anything that you can say about that one? Oh, what were those? Those were like ultra shorts. Were those it for Shutter or one of those, like an app that you could, that was specifically horror genre made. Mm -hmm. Um, we shot that here in my house. Um, oh, wow. It was super, super short. I'm wondering if it's still online. I don't. I honestly don't know too much about that one, uh, where it exists. But it definitely was fun and a great group of people, of dear friends to work with. <laughs> Interesting. Um, oh, before we had kids, things we could do in our house. <laughs> uh, but 
what I, yeah, horror is definitely, I guess it's more pervasive in my stuff than I thought. Even like an episode of Brothers and Sisters I did, I was a horror starlet in the show. So I'm like a movie that the characters are watching where I'm getting murdered by a guitarsman who I think the poster says like he can really shred or something and <laughs> killed with a guitar, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. And then I got like a, a episode of Bunt for Disney where I'm a horror writer kind of a, a Stephen King knockoff called Stephanie Queen <laughs> um, in the That's woods. Right. So I was like, oh, this actually, I guess, follows me more than I thought it did. <laughs> right, right. And but then, definitely yeah. there's, there's all sorts of scary stories that whip around my head at night where um, that kind of tie into bigger issues that I love to make stories about. I would love to comment on in, um, in the world, I guess, in humanity. And so I... I'm toying with the idea. I'd love to write a couple of these down so I can maybe make them with some of these amazing humans I've met through these adventures. For sure, for sure. Well, I, I got like maybe a couple just uh, uh, general horror questions for you. So like maybe some fun questions for you. Sure, hold on one second. I have a, another co-star coming in for a second. Yes, can I help you? So could I play a game on the iPad? You can play your reading app on the iPad, okay? Can you close the door for me, honey? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. For sure, for sure. Parenting is... is uh... Oh, my gosh, you guys. It's such a good trick. There are apps that teach them to read or do things, and they think they're games. Get those. Anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah, we, we got one of those uh, Amazon Kids tablets for my kid. And she just oh, yeah. has a ball on them. Parenting hack. Although, you know, yes, limiting screen time, attempting, but also trying to survive so it's a balance right. as parents we have to try to wiggle yeah. and find some type of free time indeed um but okay um so you said you have a few more questions bring it yeah so uh do you have a favorite universal monster or universal monster film oh do i oh my gosh I don't know if I do have a favorite. Like, obviously, I'm not jumping to one, so it's not, like, a little favorite. But um, I will say vampires have been pretty pervasive in my childhood nightmares all the way through, like, what I'd love to play with sometimes in telling stories. Um, but if I'm honest, the thing that caused me the most nightmares as a child was my pet monster, which was a toy from the 80s, late 80s, and it... Uh, terrified me to the point that I would have recurring nightmares about this this monster coming to life and taking over my room and making it messy and leaving food all over it and kicking me out and never letting me play with my toys again. And I don't know why, but that's so <laughs> terrifying to me. It's terrifying. <laughs> like I said, I, I would say in general, I love the mix of comedy plus horror. Anytime you can mix the two different flavors of genre, it really tickles my fancy. So, um, yeah, I would say all of the... All of the Shaun of the Dead esque things really uh, appeal to me. Right. <laughs> what about like uh, you like the parody horrors, like Scary Movie, or is that too much? Not as much. I mean, yes, I enjoyed that definitely when it came out. Um, but uh, and I would jump at the chance to be in them. I mean, hello, but <laughs> uh, but no, I don't think that's as much my bag. As the the pure mix of genres, the mm. like hybrid hybrid. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think maybe Shaun of the Dead is like a perfect example of like a comedy horror because it really right? blends in uh, both of 
both of those elements. So, well, I mean, I guess zombies have been pretty pervasive if I'm looking around at my resume for me, but, um, but I don't know that they're really my, my jam either. I, I really do think humans are the scariest monster. So probably entails that I would tell he, that would, I mean, spoilers if you see my future work, but that will probably be <laughs> what I lean into is, is I don't even know if the creatures would necessarily be the villains so much as the humans. Right. Right. You know, you got like, uh characters like uh Hannibal Lecter and Silence of the Lambs like those are like you know realistic uh I don't know like I mean like they're they're real people I mean I know he's don't look up I mean that's a parody for sure but the but gosh terrifying because it's totally what humans would do we're such idiots sometimes and Mm -hmm. or even just in our well-intentioned ish or selfishness we we make awful things happen that affect others and I mean, <laughs> watch any news any day, you know, you're going to get doses of that. Yes. Wazoo. But so, so yeah, I think, I think probably humans are my, are my most feared creature after my pet monster. Right. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Um, do, like, do you have any like favorite horror films? Like, you know, do you have any that, um, that you could just watch over and over and, and never get bored with? I am a weird unicorn of a person that has pretty much always detested watching anything again. I don't even read books more than once usually. There's a handful that maybe I've, I've deviled back and, and explored again at different ages. But uh, but yeah, for the most part, I'll watch a movie once. I don't know that there's too many other than things my children have insisted I watch um, multiple times. Things that I've watched a whole lot. I'm trying to think if there's... Oh, you know what? Nightmare Before Christmas is probably the the one that, and Hocus Pocus, like in that genre, that age group where I can watch it with my kids, where I've done mm-hmm. the repeat. But I will say my husband's super into the uh, 30s, 40s classic Hollywood uh, films. And so we have been exploring all of those, uh, looking at Bela Lugosi and things and the, uh, the, the, the origins of, of scary films, I guess. And so yeah. that... Those I, I've seen more than I thought I would, <laughs> I guess. And so, but it was what interesting about it is you really see how they were finding the way to tell a story and to play with fear through shots or through what you reveal and what you don't reveal, right? So um, that's fascinating to me. But no, I don't know that I've had one that just is my uh, go-to jam that I watch all the time. But I, you know why? Maybe because there's so darn many that I feel like, well, but I have to watch this other one that I haven't seen yet. And then I have to watch this other one. <laughs> right. It's, it's <laughs> so just, I keep trying to add to my library. It's, it's a never-ending, revolving door of, you know, film okay. and, and avenues that you could take. Like So many. And as a filmmaker now, I, I definitely realize the uh, monetary benefit of leaning into horror because we all bleed in the same language. And so they surely sell better and have better markets than other <laughs> genres. So, uh, yeah, I, I do foresee some uh, s- some horror uh, adventures in my future. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And I I guess we'll we'll be here sitting and, and waiting, and we'll, <laughs> we'll watch whatever you put up on the screen. Oh, awesome. Well, you can definitely <laughs> follow me online at, at Paula underscore Rhodes. That's R-H-O-D-E-S. Um, where I announce those adventures or follow my film now at delicate underscore state. 
to check it out. So I, I would love for people to come along for the ride. Awesome. Awesome. For sure. Um, I maybe got like two more questions for you, then I'll let you go. Mm. <laughs> um, with, with like, with this being women in horror month, uh, who are some women in horror that you think should be recognized? And oh, are no. there any horror films that have great portrayals of women in horror? Yes, there's so many. Um, you know who I really think you guys should check out if you're not already, because how could you not? But Bria Grant is freaking phenomenal. Not only is she a wonderful human, um, I mean, you might have first been introduced to her as an actor in, you know, um, Heroes or Dexter, but uh, she's gone on to become such a gifted filmmaker and director in her own right, doing some amazing, uh, especially horror genre stuff that uh, that I'm, I'm always impressed with her and cheering her on. So definitely follow Bria Grant and her career. I think there's some really cool things coming there. Awesome. Awesome. Definitely have to, to look up her stuff for sure. Um, and then I guess uh, my last question for you is uh, what's next for Paula Rhodes? Is there anything you can tell us about what you're working on next? Oh, I'm flipping through my NDAs in my head. Let's see. <laughs> uh, I do have some very cool, announcements coming soon but i i cannot uh for without you know relinquishing those kids that came in for their quick cameos um <laughs> to certain game companies and otherwise um uh, i can't say anything yet but i'm so excited too once i'm able to sure. um but beyond that i have uh yeah i'm continuing to do poly pocket episodes which is a totally different end of the spectrum <laughs> um and uh commercials as we we have them in Oh, just every day is a surprise. Although I, I love the surprise. The lack of schedule can be a little bonkers on occasion. Uh, so, yeah, every day I see what calls or emails come in and we roll with the punches, as it were. But, nice. yeah, some really cool stuff coming. I think I think uh, horror fans in particular should be, and gaming fans should be excited shortly. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I, I can't wait. And I, as far as the Polly Pocket thing goes, I'm <laughs> sure my wife would love to, to uh, follow along with that. Oh, <laughs> she, yeah, she, I guess uh, she was into the whole Polly Pocket stuff when she was younger. So well, seeing this yeah. whole resurgent uh, happening again, I think it's pretty cool for my wife and kid. That that is wild to as a parent now discover the. Uh... The depth of all the different shows and the nostalgia that comes in shows when they're revisited, I guess, now or redone or rebooted. So, yeah, some really cool stuff coming up. Awesome, awesome. Well, Paula, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you coming on here and talking about uh, the work that you've done and and also, uh, you know, what maybe just a little bit of uh, what, you, what you got going on next. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Marcus. It was a delight. And I am so glad that I wasn't um, persuaded by just the name of the podcast. I was a little nervous. I sat and I was like, wait, is it like a like a roast? Is it like... <laughs> <laughs> and he assured me that no, it is just his last name. And I listened to a little bit of some of the other words and was like, oh, 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 good, great. Can't wait to talk. And I'm awesome. uh, glad I did. <laughs> Right. I'm I'm glad my name didn't like stir you away because uh <laughs> I mean maybe that's good, right? You want a little fear in your horror podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean yeah, fear kinda does play with horror, so <laughs> you're like, just For wait, sure. it's coming. I'm still gonna insult you. Just wait. <laughs> like, all right, second <laughs> second part of the show, Paula. 
uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to roast you here. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Marcus. I can't wait to share it. Well, that about concludes uh, today's episode. Uh, thank you all for listening and, and hope you enjoyed the interview. Um, again, Paula, thank you for coming on the show. Always a blast having you on. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll have to have you back on some point in the future for, you know, if you work on uh, more video games within the horror genre, uh, you know, would be awesome to, uh, you know, have you back and, and talk about the newer stuff that you work on in the future. And, and I don't know, any... I guess questions that I had that uh, escaped my mind from uh, the previous games but uh, yeah thank you all for listening uh, the next episode will be with Fallon Vendetta she's an actress and special effects makeup artist uh, the interview I did with her was awesome and uh, was a lot of fun talking to her and uh yeah, I think you guys will enjoy that one as well. So um, that's about all that I have for you today. Uh, if you want to find out more about the Root Horror Podcast and all the social medias and whatnot, you can go to linktree.com forward slash Root Horror Podcast. Uh, or you can even just go right to the website at rudehorrorpodcast.com. Um, on Facebook at Root Horror Podcast as well as Instagram. And uh, on Twitter at RootHorrorPod. Or if you just want to send me an old fashioned email, you can do so at RootHorror at gmail.com. Again, thank you all for listening. And uh, shout out to Nightlight for providing music to the show. And as well as Paula uh, giving us a nice little intro for this episode. I really appreciate everything so uh thank you and for everyone else stay tuned for the next one
listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.